Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. We are in two passages or sections of, of Scripture in a series called One. This is week number two, and we're talking today about one spirit. And so let me hit these two passages, and then uh, we'll go from there. John 17, 22. I've given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That right there is Jesus praying. And then the apostle Paul will hit next on later on in, in the New Testament. He's writing what he's learned from Jesus, and it says, this is kind of how he words that prayer of Jesus. He says, make every effort, in Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. One glorious hope for the future. So last week we talked about how we're one body, each has its part. We're each a strength in different areas. We came together for the first time as two campuses last week. We had Open Life Sumner down at Sumner Middle School and Open Life Bonnie Lake here. There were 172 of us worshiping in the same talk last week. That means 172 people going out as one body into the communities around us with a message of hope and that Jesus wants us to be one body so that people will know He loves them. I love that. I love that every person has a story and every story can impact people. I love that we celebrated at the end of our service last week. Not just, hey, we have two campuses today but that people decided to go public with their faith in water baptism. And if you weren't here, we want to celebrate that real quick. Watch this video. Yeah. Now, I did have in my notes that we were going to be celebrating as well from last Sunday a Seahawks victory. But I had to delete that line. So, Jaden, you're... Anyway, moving on, I had to eat some cheese there. So, the big idea for today is this. The Holy Spirit makes us one. The Holy Spirit makes us one. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. 
so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We all share this same spirit. Believers are members of the the body by ultimately, when we choose to follow Jesus, it's by the work of the Holy Spirit coming into our life that, that we become really one. There's this supernatural element. And as there is only one body, so also there's only one spirit. So it's really intriguing to to look at, and we'll get a little teachy on this point. In fact, let me just take a little rabbit trail here. You know, we develop our messages together now, so Sumner's preaching the same points as we're preaching today. But as you're going to discover, my dialogue is a lot of a personal story this week, uh, where uh, Brent preaching down in Sumner is going to be hitting on a lot more teachy of the element of the Holy Spirit. So when and if you want to listen to the podcast later this week, you can get two totally different messages with the same points. I don't know, it's just kind of fun for us to do as a teaching team, but boy, I certainly hope if you're looking for more and you want to even learn more about the Holy Spirit, listen to the video portion of our podcast on the app or on the web. That's free. I want to describe something that happened a couple Sundays ago. Uh, our family got to go celebrate the 75th anniversary of a church called Shoreline Community Church up in Shoreline. So, Shoreline is the church that I walked into 22 years ago when I hit a very, very low point in my life. I was almost 21 years old. It was January of 1993, and um, I walked in and uh, was, was just broken because I'd found out the night before that my ex-girlfriend had had an abortion and that it was my child. And I was just messed up, uh, like my life flashed before my eyes type of a night I had the night before. And one of the things that came to my mind was an invitation I had to the church given to me years earlier. I showed up at the church um, hoping that I could find something. I really don't know what I was looking for showing up to that church. I just knew I was hurting. I was in pain. And uh, I walked in, kind of tucked underneath the balcony of this large auditorium, hiding, and uh, I was messed up because that day they were preaching on the, the, the conception of Jesus, a day in the church world that's known as the Sanctity of Life Sunday. So that means they were preaching about how abortion is wrong that day when I showed up. Yeah, I was messed up. I was just back there. I was getting the hup-ups, trying to control like the, you know what hup-ups are, right? It's like, <gasps> You know that right there. And uh, so I was, I was trying to control the hup-ups and uh, focus on what they're saying, and everything was foreign. The church world was a little foreign to me. It's the first time I had ever walked in the doors of a church on my own initiative, and it had been a long time since I'd been in the church. So I was just like messed up, but this dude tracked me down and just encouraged me. I want to show you a picture. Uh, this right here is a picture of 
my pastor in the middle, Les Welk, for the first few years of, of my going to church. And the, the guy on the left is just some goofball. And then the guy on the right you know, is, is Bob, Bob Blair. And I wanted at this 75th anniversary a couple weeks ago to just you know, capture like and celebrate something that happened in, in my life and some men that made a huge impact in my life. And, and I captured two of them. And the funny thing is, Bob was an usher, an usher. If you go to a church or a concert or a large venue of any sort, maybe the person who impacts your life the most at that venue isn't the usher, right? But that day, as I messed up in the back of that auditorium or sanctuary, whatever you call it, I'm sitting there, and Bob was the one who noticed that something was going on in my life, and he approached me, and he encouraged me, and he comforted me, and he showed me a genuine love that I had not ever, like, experienced to that point that I could recall. And he just kind of was that representation of the love of Jesus to me and challenged me to come back the next week because I was jetting early, right? Uh, I was getting out of there, and he's like, hey, come back next week. I just… So, Bob Blair is the one who really lit that opportunity for me to come back. Because honestly, it hurt that day to be there and hear somebody talk to me for 30 minutes about what just happened through my life was wrong. <laughs> it was like, it was good hurt, but it was a hurt, right? And so, uh, that kind of comfort was powerful. So, how did he know I was having a tough time? What made him notice I was having a tough time? And what made him encourage me in a way that was actually the fulfillment of something I was told years earlier, which I'll hit on in a second? First, I'll teach you. Thought number one today, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Pretty simple thought. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. John 16, 5 through 7 says this, Now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. This is how the whole thing works. God sent Jesus to dwell among us, and to be sacrificed for our sins. Now Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our advocate sent by Jesus. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit work together as one. It's this thing in church world called the Trinity, right? And they are the same. They're three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, Jesus sends us this advocate, the Holy Spirit. Let me make it make a little more sense even maybe like I say when you're teaching about the Trinity to try to help it make sense. Think of a pretzel, right? You have one pretzel, but it has three holes. That's the reality of God the Son, the Holy Spirit, Trinity. The Holy Spirit is an advocate on our behalf, an advocate helping us to be inspired so, maybe think of it this way as well, as uh, an illustration I heard that made sense to me. Think of a light switch. So, like, 
you know, God's the power source. The light switch is us. When you turn the light on, it's like us choosing to follow Jesus, and the, the power goes to the light bulb and illuminates the room. That's like the Holy Spirit that allows the room to be illuminated. But we're the light bulb, right? So it's like it's this the three making one occurrence happen. I think it's so powerful. I even love the smart technology when you think of it that way. Now you have your phone in your pocket and the lights just know to turn on because you walk in a room. That's not our house, but it'd be sweet if it was. And, uh, but you know, so I know the technology's out there and I geek out on that stuff. So I was like, whoa, you know, welcome that to the room. Let me turn the lights on now. Is it your preferred temperature? You know, so, yeah, that's what houses can do, I'm sure. Yes, thank you, Siri. Anyway, uh, or Cortana or whoever, right? Okay, so you're sitting there. Uh, and, and, and you go, that's the same as the Holy Spirit as well for us, because when we walk into the room, we do bring the Holy Spirit with us. There should be an impact. And not just us alone, but like collectively, we all together are tapped into the same Holy Spirit. So it's what allows some really cool things to happen. Listen to Romans 8 9. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. We're tapped into one Spirit. So when we think about togetherness or unity or being one, the cool thing is because we're connected to the Holy Spirit through putting our faith in Jesus. And if you've yet to put your faith in Jesus, this is a great motivation for it because you're like, wow, so something way beyond me I could tap into through faith in Jesus. Not only do I have this opportunity to be truly united with other followers of Jesus in a way that is like, as I'll share here in a second, but I have eternal life. This is incredible. All through choosing to follow Jesus. So let's go back to Bob in this story. And like, let's reverse four years earlier. I'm about 17. It's either my junior or senior year. I don't exactly remember the, same, the exact moment. But this person named Bobby, it's kind of fun, Bob and Bobby. It's God's sense of humor. Uh, Bobby in high school invited me over and over again to church. And those of you who have gone to Open Life, you're like, dude, like, okay, I get it. I've heard the story. But for those of you that are new... This is for you. Uh, So, Bobby uh, invited me to church over and over again, and I was fairly not nice to her probably every time I rejected the opportunity to go to a youth group or church with uh, Bobby. And so, she would say, hey, you should come to youth group. And I would say some words that I'm not going to preach today. And and that meant no, basically, interpretation. So, After a while of that abuse, she caught on that I probably wasn't going to show up, but I think it was the Holy Spirit, because one day she just like switched modes. She was kind of a timid, quieter girl. She switched modes, and she just said, Thad, 
Someday, you're going to hit rock bottom. And when you do, go to Shoreline Community Church because you'll be loved. Fast forward four years. I hit rock bottom on a Saturday night when my girlfriend's weeping and sharing a story with me that broke my heart and made me realize the <laughs> a little low life I was at that time, right? And I'm just going, oh my word, what am I doing with my life? And I wake up because this thought comes to my mind that night. When you hit rock bottom, go to Shoreline Community Church because you'll be loved. I show up at church and I'm just getting sledgehammered to the face by the message. Didn't necessarily feel like love. But then Bob walked over. Somebody tapped into the same spirit that Bobby was tapped into years earlier. How did he know that she gave me a promise that could not be fulfilled by her? Because it's the same spirit at work still, knowing that exact moment of what needed to happen in Thad Huff's life as he snuck into a service in the back underneath a balcony hiding orchestrated and inspired Bob to make his way over to me as an usher, somebody who greets and shakes your hand, holds the worship guide, comes over and just says, is everything okay? And just encourages me. He was that love that I was promised. It came true. So who do you think comes over and gives me the biggest hug? When I walked into the 75th anniversary of Shoreline Community Church a couple Sundays ago, Bob, it was incredible. You know, it's just there's this connection. And I've thanked him many a time, and I've wrote the sappy Facebook posts on his birthday. And because of your life, so many lives have been impacted. And, and he'll never know the amount of people that have followed Jesus because of the, the, the path my life took. And he was a spark in that in my life. How do you do that? How does something like this happen? The Holy Spirit is the only explanation. Thought number two, the Holy Spirit compels us. Acts 20, 22 to 24 says, now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. This is the Apostle Paul teaching here. He says, now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The thought behind this word compel is that no matter what you, ha you have to act, compel is not something you could subdue. It's impossible not to take action. You just have to, right? And when we choose to follow Jesus and, and we not only have the, the Holy Spirit at that moment of confession, but if, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we just, it's that power to share and witness and be compelled. In fact, I, I read a, early on in my faith, I was reading this green devotional book called My Utmost First Highest. I don't know if any of you have ever read that, but I was in the middle of that somewhere and it, it had this, I remember the devotional, it was called Woe to Me 
like that, that week. And what is woe to me? Well, the Apostle Paul says uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 9.16 in the New King James Version, which is an older translation of the Bible, says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And what that's saying is, is basically like he was compelled to preach the gospel. He could not not preach the gospel. And I was reading that, and I was so convicted because at the time, I was trying to um, build a, an Amway business at the time. I was, uh, gave my life to Jesus at an Amway convention in Salt Lake City in June of 1993, uh, and, and I was trying to build this multi-level marketing business, right? And I'm going and to set up these meetings. I have living rooms full of people, and I'd get there, and they would like this one person had been excommunicated from their church, and, and the, these stories were about, like, they needed to know the love of Jesus, not a business. And so, I would find myself in these rooms, living rooms, leading everybody to Jesus. It was really weird, and I didn't build the business at all, and so I, I dropped out. But I was like, but I led a lot of people to Jesus and was, like, encouraging them, and, and I'm just going, what would lead me to have this opportunity? And I was so confused because I had disqualified myself from ever being a pastor because I had too much of a past, right? But then I realized that doesn't matter to God, and the Holy Spirit was empowering me to have these moments, and I was compelled. I was like, woe to me if I do not. Well, what is it for you? Like, what is that? Because this goes beyond just mere inspiration. This is compelling. Inspiration is fleeting. It's an outwardly motivated thing, but like compelling is an inward birthed action that, yeah, then is followed by inspiration. It's just fanned into flame by inspiration. And I go, what is it? The Holy Spirit compels us to change. The Holy Spirit compels us to, to take action. The Holy Spirit causes us to think one thing on our way to church, and then the message is about that thing, and then we go away going, God, you're incredible. It happens to us all. He's speaking to us and leading us and orchestrating our moves and those we come into contact with. Holy Spirit compels us to see others know Jesus, to serve others unconditionally. It was literally as if the rest of the world would not be complete unless we do the action. Like that's the kind of compelling that the Holy Spirit can well up within us. Like, so how does that practically work itself out? Like there's times where we're like, yes. We have to provide food for every person in need in our community at Thanksgiving. So we're compelled to, like, take this insane leap of generous faith to do that. You know, we do that kind of stuff here at Open Life or provide school supplies or serve our community unconditionally through something. Or maybe personally you're like, I was compelled. I had to share with this person even though it was just a crazy moment in life. Or I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, what's compelling you. I would imagine it was the Holy Spirit that compelled Bobby to, like, be bold in the middle of a school hallway and say, Dad, Thaddeus Edgar Huff, one day you're going to hit rock bottom, right? It was probably more like that, you know, stop cussing at me, listen, you know, but um, so it was that she was finally just compelled. She was done. The Holy Spirit was done through her <laughs> with me saying, okay, pause four years from now. You got to realize, you know, and it was just like, ooh. It was a 
gut blow. And then Bob is an usher, and he approaches me. And then this is a cool moment. Here I am, 20-some years later there at the 75-year anniversary a couple Sundays ago. And we have that awkward moment in their church service there in the celebration that we don't do at Open Life here because we know statistically it's the most awkward moment of any church you've ever been in is when they like turn around and greet somebody with a hug or a love or a shake of the hand, you know, and it's like, who are they and what did they do with their hands? And you get all Howie Mandel and just want to pound it. So it was like, you know, so I, but it was that moment where it was like we were awkwardly greeting one another and uh, this there's this section of people seated to our right, and Dana's mom goes there, and so we were seated with her, but the section of people to the right, our, our large special needs section was there that day for the service, and a gentleman makes his way, real short dude, makes his way, and he's like pushing people over to get over to where we were, and, and I'm kind of gotten used to the no shaking hands thing, so I'm just kind of chilling there, right? <coughs> And this guy comes right into the robe in front of me. It's still, you know, there's like these big chairs, fluffy chair things. And uh, he makes his way, and he comes right up in front of me, and he puts his hand on my stomach. So, <laughs> you know, that's a little more awkward than the pound or shake hand or whatever, or hug for that matter. And uh, so he puts his hand on my stomach, and it caught me by surprise. I didn't know he was like pushing people over to get it. And he just, he touches my stomach, and he looks up at me. And he just goes, and he touches it again harder, and he goes, points up to the air, kind of connects eyes with me, doesn't say a word, and goes back to his seat. Dana's mom is sitting there looking at me, like, what, Jeff? Do you know him? I was like, no. She says, he sits in that seat and never moves. That's the first time he's ever done that I've seen. I sit here every, you know, she's like got a reserve seat. She doesn't, but it's that. I sit here every Sunday, you know. He never moves. And so it was that really weird. And I was like, man, I took it as this kind of special moment between God and myself of like, it's the Holy Spirit in you. He's still in you. It was like powerful. Not only for me, Dana's mom was going, what kind of weird mojo are you working here? You know, it's this weird, like, I don't know, I have no idea what the mojo was, but that was just, just glad it was higher on my stomach. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I said that out loud, didn't I? We do edit the podcast. Moving on. Um, God just does these things to affirm us and encourage us. And that was a powerful moment. So finally, thought number three, the Holy Spirit empowers us to act. The Holy Spirit literally not only inspires or compels us, but then empowers us, gives us the strength to do it. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, I pray that from His glorious and limited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. That's pretty obvious right there, right? But it continues. Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though 
It's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. All glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Is that incredible? That's what God's doing in us. His power is at work, and it gives us the strength to take action. One thing that astounds me is that other faiths feel they have to do works to have eternal life, like it's a must. But us, we're compelled out of love, and it's like we get to. We're like, we've, we're given the strength to serve, and it just is obvious when you're on the receiving end whether the person serving you has to or whether they're passionate about serving. I love that. I love that about our relationship with God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's what truly makes us one. It's what makes us want to hang out together. It's what makes us want to be united. No matter what city we're in, no matter if we're, if we're in Jesus, like there's this, mm, it's, it's way bigger than being a Hawks fan and seeing somebody else with a uniform on or a jersey goes way, it's like so much deeper than that camaraderie. That's the Holy Spirit that's at work in us. We're saved through faith in Jesus alone, which makes room for our enjoyment and the opportunity to serve through our power source, the Holy Spirit. We're literally empowered to act. So I don't know, maybe you're going to find yourself in the coming days being somebody's Bob. You just sense that something's needed and you approach. Maybe it's with an invite, you invite them to church. Or maybe it's you're going to pause and pray with somebody. Maybe you're going to be somebody's Bobby and there's been somebody you know you just need to share some blunt truth with. But little do you realize what you've been thinking in your head and the Holy Spirit's inspiring you to say is actually going to make an impact in years from now in their life. Never underestimate. The change doesn't have to happen tomorrow. Bobby wasn't there the day I came to church. But you know what's cool? She's a pastor's wife. Her name now is Bobby Reynolds. She's the, uh, the lead pastor of, of Colfax Assembly of God um, wife, and I get to see her every year at pastor's conferences around the Northwest Ministry Network. It's pretty cool. And I always am like, if it weren't for you, you know, it's massive. It's crazy. You could be that in somebody's life by listening to the Holy Spirit. So we have a question instead of an action step to really challenge your response today for you to contemplate while the worship team leads here. What compels you and what are you going to do about it? What compels you? What are you going to do about it? If you've chosen to follow Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit working in you, trying to compel you to action as long as it's in line with His Word. Don't get all crazy. Oh, I'm compared to kill people. No. Stop listening to that voice. Take your medication and let's go on with the day, right? Somebody was inspired by the Holy Spirit to invent that medication. Okay, moving on. Uh, Write it on a connect card, put a date on it, tell somebody and be accountable. I, I challenge you, seriously. What have you been sensing God compelling you to do? He's giving you the strength. Do it. 
God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come and laugh together and yet really experience deep truth together. This is a very teaching subject, but it's so cool to think that your spirit goes way beyond years. Your spirit goes way beyond us as an individual or as a church. When we choose to follow you, Jesus, we're united by one spirit. We're tapped into the same source of strength and power. And so, God, if there's somebody here that's yet to follow you, I pray they would make that choice today and they would simply just say, Jesus, I choose to follow you as Lord and Savior of my life and I want to discover what it is to live this adventure of being tapped into the same source together with everyone else in this room that's chosen to follow you. And I pray that, God, my life would be different, that I'd be compelled to take action and be inspired to make a difference in people's lives around me from the inside out. And God, for others in here, I pray that you would help bring clarity to what you've been compelling within them, that they'll sense your strength and power at work within them as they follow through with your leading, as they respond on their connection cards or just write a prayer request or, or come down maybe and pray with somebody at the end of, of service. I just pray that, God, you'll solidify what you've been whispering to them, that it'll get a little bit louder after today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.